Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. This is the weekly SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. I'm your host, Jack Jones. There are only a few podcasts left this football season, and Brandon Lee and I are going to try to cap off what has been a great season thus far we are combined 57 32 and 3 this season dating back to week one college football that has has added to our 143 86 and 9 record over our last 43 football podcasts uh we're we are coming off a rare losing week uh we went two and four last week i went one and two lost on middle tennessee in college football in the bills in the nfl did win my six-point teaser on the Vikings and Ravens. Brandon also went one and two. He lost on North Texas in college football, but won on his free pick on the Colts. His uh, ten-point teaser on the Rams, Patriots, and Giants also lost. Uh, man, Brandon, Saturday was rough. We uh, couldn't have been more wrong on those two college football games on North Texas and Middle Tennessee. Uh, the head coaching angle did not work. Yeah, and that's kind of the unfortunate part of that. It's uh, more of a long-term trend, and unfortunately, it doesn't win every single time. And uh, those were uh, as two as a as bad of an example of that as uh, you know we're gonna find. So, as long as we keep playing our situations that have you know proven to win over time, I think we'll be all right. And uh, sorry to everyone that we had to go through that last week. Yeah, I agree. And I think we were, I mean, as far as the money, I mean, we were on the right side because the lines definitely closed less than what we uh, put them out at. And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes you you beat the closing line, but you don't, it doesn't always mean you're going to win your pick. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd do the same thing again in, in those situations. Uh, definitely a bad break for you with Mason Fine going out in the first quarter for North Texas. I don't know if it would have mattered, but um, definitely didn't help, that's for sure. No, they had no chance when he went down. And, you know, it's just another, you know, break that sometimes just doesn't go your way. So a lot of bull games left and uh, pretty confident the rest of the way. So no doubt. I remember starting off with a losing Saturday last year, too. So I'm not not really sweating it at all. And came back with a nice winner on UIB on Tuesday. Uh, I did have a tough loss on the Bills. Uh, They didn't cover that two and a half point spread, but won the game. And you had a nice win on the Colts, which was a big win for me, too, because it was my 25-seller NFL game of the year. Wouldn't give that on the podcast for free, but nice call there. They won 23-0. Yeah, that uh, that one played out exactly as uh, I anticipated. So Yeah, no no sweater there. Uh, Let's get back on the horse this week. Give listeners some winners. Uh, Brandon, start us off with your college football free pick for Saturday. All right, I'm going to take the Army Black Knights minus four and a half over the Houston Cougars in the 2018 Armed Forces Bowl on Saturday. Uh, This Army turnaround has really been remarkable to watch. From 2011 to 2015, the Black Knights were a combined 14 and 46, failing to win more than four games in a single season. Uh, If you count their 10 and 2 record so far this year, they're 28 and 10 over the last three years. With a win over Houston, they can become the first team in school history to win 11 games, and it will also mark their third straight bull win, which has never been done in school history. So there's clearly a ton of motivation here, um, and it's just some a special season. It kind of reminds me a lot of FAU last year. Uh, you know, they, just everything was is going their way. Their only two losses are road games against Duke and Oklahoma, and they took the Sooners to overtime in Norman. So. I don't think there's any fluky deal about what this team has done so far. Um, 
uh, each of the two previous wins, um, you know, in their streak, their bull streak, have come out come under current head coach Jeff Munkin. Uh, just last year, they upset San Diego State in this exact bowl, uh, defeating the Aztecs 42 to 35 as a six point dog. Um, you know, I, I think they feel almost obligated to play well in a bowl that's a- uh, named after them. So there's that on top of everything else that this team can accomplish and, you know, maybe go down as the best team in program history. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some that think Army is at a disadvantage here because they haven't had the same amount of time off. Uh, they they just played two weeks ago against Navy. Houston, on the other hand, hasn't played since the day after Thanksgiving. I, I think two weeks is more than enough for a team uh, to regroup and to prepare for an opponent. In fact, I actually think they're at an advantage having just played two weeks ago as I think there's going to be some rust for Houston to knock off haven't you know played in a competitive game in almost a month now i get the extra time to prepare for army and the triple option is a big deal uh, but this is not the same cougars defensive front that everyone was raving about coming into the year star defensive tackle ed oliver is not going to play he's really the guy that made this unit great this great because you know he had to be double triple teams sometimes which really opened up things for the guys around him Unfortunately, they've lost their two starting defensive ends, Gerard Carter and Isaiah Chambers, to season-ending injuries. They've also lost one of their backups, top backups uh, in Peyton Turner to a season-ending injury. Um, and when you look at the numbers, you can kind of see how these injuries impacted this team. Uh, Houston did a complete 180 in terms of stopping the run this year. In the Cougars' first six games of the season, they allowed a mere 116 rushing yards a game over the final six they gave up 278.2 yards per game uh, three times allowing over 300 yards one of those coming in a team that runs exactly the same offense here as the army and that's navy who put up 344 rushing yards on houston army's rushing attack is better than navy in fact the only team that averaged more rushing yards than the Black Knights was Georgia Tech, as Army came in second in the country at just under 300 yards a game. Uh, not only does Army figure to be able to move the ball uh, on when they have it um, offensively, but I, I think this Houston offense is going to struggle here. They're not going to get a lot of touches because Army's going to control the clock. They're going to—they're still without star quarterback Derek King, who was basically the, their entire offense. King had thrown for just under 3,000 yards with a 36-6 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. He was also second on the team in rushing at 674 yards, and his 14 rushing touchdowns were as many as the rest of the team had combined. I'm also not convinced in the slightest that Houston has any interest in playing in this game. You know, they had a chance to play for the ACC title, AAC title, um, had they you know, been able to win at Memphis in the final game of the season. They lost that. They, they've been to two bowl games under Major Applewhite so far. One as the interim to Tom Herman when he left a couple years ago and then last year. Um, both times they've lost as favorites. So he's not got this team to perform well. And I, I just don't like the makeup of every everything that's going on with the distractions um, on and off the field. So I'll gladly lay in the four and a half here uh, and let's go Black Knights. 
Yeah, man, I love this matchup for Army. And with all the injuries and players sitting out for Houston, uh, strong play for me as well. Houston has the worst defense of all the bowl teams this year. They're giving up 489 yards per game and obviously been terrible against the run. Nice job on those uh, second-half rushing numbers. Definitely staggering. Um, you know, without Ed Oliver, they're going to be even worse. Army ranks number one in the country in time of time of possession, 39 minutes per game. Houston, number 129 in the country in time of possession, holding the ball for only 25 minutes per game. So I just think Army's going to wear down this Houston defense. Should allow them to put away the Cougars in the second half. And you mentioned the Army playing for a school record 11 wins. Uh, one one hidden, hidden factor here that I like, uh, Army recruits as well as anyone in the state of Texas. They actually have 23 players from the state of Texas on their roster. This game will be played in Fort Worth, Texas, so it'll de- definitely be a great recruiting tool for them. Military teams, 33-13 and 13 against the spread their last 46 bowl games. Military teams are 23-4 and four against the spread their last 27 bowl games when facing a team that with a 60% winning percentage or better. Um, so I agree with you here. I think Army rolls. I, I love those stats as far as how good the military teams have been. I, I, you know, I know I when I first started handicapping, you would think that these option teams would be bad in bowl games, but I, I just I, I, maybe it's just teams aren't excited and or want nothing to do with playing uh, teams that are just going to run it down their throat. So either way, uh, you know, those are some good good additional stats here, and you know, hopefully, we Army can. It's, this one doesn't turn out like it did last week for us. <laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah, nobody wants to get chop blocked all game. I know that for sure. So I don't think, you know, you get chop blocked all, all uh, practice leading up to it, just preparing for it. So, uh, yeah, I just think uh, mentally players don't don't love facing these teams for sure. And I, Houston's in a bad state of mind right now. So, yeah, hopefully this works out just as good as it looks. Um, I'm going to take Wake Forest plus three and a half against Middle Tennessee. Uh, not Middle Tennessee. Wake Forest plus three and a half against uh, Memphis in the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, I I think this is just a case where one team wants to be here and one team doesn't. Wake Forest clearly wants to be here. The evidence was in the final three games of the season. Um, they had to pull off two huge upset on the upsets on the road just to get here. They beat NC State 27-23 as 18.5-point road underdogs. Then they blasted Duke 59-7 as 9-point road underdogs in their season finale. And uh, I, th- I just think you'd be hard-pressed to find two better wins in the ACC than those two for the Demon Deacons. Dave Clawson's 2-0 and in bowl games at Wake Forest. They upset Temple as 12-point dogs in two- 2016, and they beat Texas A&M last year in a 55-52 to thriller as three-point favorites. Um, quarterback Jamie Newman, I think, has been a lot more effective than Sam Hartman at quarterback. Once Hartman went down that, to injury, that was a blessing in disguise for this team, I think. Newman's completing 61.4% of his passes with an 8-3 to touchdown-to-interception ratio while also averaging 7.5 per attempt. Hartman only completed 55.3%, 6.8 per attempt. Uh, Newman, also the better runner, 3.8 yards per carry compared to 2.6 for Hartman, and both of them have quite a few carries on the season um, so that's kind of significant, and uh, I just don't think Memphis really wants to be here. They're reeling from that 18-point halftime lead. Blown lead against UCF in the Conference USA title game. They scored 38 points in the first half, held to three points in the second half. Uh, now they have to watch as US- UCF goes on to play LSU in the Fiesta Bowl while they're stuck in this Birmingham Bowl against a 6-6 six and six Wake Forest team. And they lost their best play in running back Daryl Henderson, who's sitting out this game to prepare for the NFL draft. Henderson might be the best back in the country. He's rushed for 19, over 1,900 yards, 22 touchdowns, averages 
8.9 yards per carry. You just don't replace that kind of production. And uh, the Tigers have not felt, fared well in bowl games the last three seasons. They've, they've lost all three. They lost by 21 to Auburn as three-point dogs. 2015 by 20 to Western Kentucky. Seven-point dogs in 2016. And uh, last year were upset at home by Iowa State as three-point favorites. So uh, I just think the wrong team's favorite here. Uh, give me Wake Forest. Yeah, I had a feeling when you told me you were going to do this one that I, I wouldn't have much to add here, and that's definitely the case. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still just want nothing to do with Memphis after what they did to me in that conference championship game against UCF. So I, I like this for a lot of the same reasons as you do. I, I mean, I just I, I'm actually shocked that Memphis is favored here. Just you know, the numbers probably suggest it, but when you factor in motivation and you know, just who actually wants to play the game. I, I think it's hands down Wake Forest, and I think they could win here uh, rather easily. Yeah, definitely uh, alternate line Wake Forest minus 14 or something. I wouldn't be surprised if they covered it. I, um, I wouldn't either, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you just, whenever one team's, whenever there's a big motivational mismatch, it usually, you know, works out that way where it becomes a blowout. But, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I love these two bowl games, and I hope they both, turn out in our favor this week brandon i definitely like him better than last week yeah i mean i like last week's a lot but i i I think these are have even stronger factors um favoring the teams to cover no doubt and i think we backed two worst teams last week i'm not so sure we're doing that this week and you know worse than their opponents and we you know just factored in the coaching angle hoping those other teams wouldn't show up but they definitely did um Let's go to the NFL this week. What do you got? Give us another winner here, Brandon. Yeah, I'm going to lay the three and a half points with the Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Carolina Panthers in week 16. I had Atlanta circled as a play this week uh, right after the Panthers lost to the Saints on Monday Night Football. I, I only like it that much more now that we know that Cam Newton's not playing and you know he's resting the final two games with his injured shoulder. You know That tells me this team knew their only hope of making the playoffs was to win that game at home against the Saints last week. Uh, You could really see it in the players' faces after the game. You know, I know mathematically they're still alive, but it's less than 1%. And, you know, this team, I I just, the the sitting of Newton pretty much just, I, I think, really signals them, you know, throwing in the towel. And, you know, I think it's really hard going from a game where you're in a do or die situation. You know, where you basically, it's basically a playoff game for them last week against the Saints. And, you know, now it's just a game where they're playing for pride and they're doing it with a guy that's never started a game in his career at quarterback, which rarely turns out to work in your favor. Uh, I just think the life has been sucked out of this team. And, you know, they're going with Taylor Henneke. He's attempted five career passes in three NFL seasons. Um, you know, he's playing in an offense that doesn't have a go-to receiver and, you know, they're going up against a Falcons defense that's been playing a lot better of late. You know, they were really hit hard with injuries earlier in the year, but they recently got back Deion Jones, who I think is a difference maker for this team. He had a pick six last week against the Cardinals. Um, and Atlanta as a team had seven sacks. We also saw the Atlanta offense, you know, really get things back on track. They had 435 yards and 40 points against the Cardinals. Um, Matt Ryan was 22 of 36 for 231 yards and two scores. 
And I just think they're going to have no problem here moving the ball against an unmotivated Carolina defense. Um, and, you know, another thing about, you know, Newton and them waiting till this week to bench him, the fact that, you know, he looked that bad throwing the football in practice and they still wanted to start him over the backup, I think says a lot about what they think about Henneke and his ability to lead this team. So I, I actually think just given all of this, that this line should be closer to a touchdown than a field goal. And I, I wouldn't be shocked here if the Falcons had this in the bag by the half. So give me Atlanta minus three and a half, and don't be surprised if this thing doesn't keep climbing up. Yeah, this is a game I don't want a lot to do with. Uh, two teams where you got to try and figure out their motivation in the midst of lost seasons. You know, Atlanta did show some pride last week in beating the Cardinals handily, but that ended a five-game losing streak where they had appeared to quit before that. And uh, the Panthers, you know, have been trying in all these games during their six-game losing streak, but they keep suffering close loss after close loss, and now they've basically been eliminated. May not show up this week, so if anything, I think you're on the right track here as far as which team will be more motivated. You know, the problem for me is I just don't know if Cam Newton is worth this many points, not in his current state anyway, because Atlanta went from being a a three-and-a-half-point dog to three-and-a-half-point favorite, so... Uh, basically on the on the Newton news that he's going to sit out. So a seven-point line adjustment. I mean, a healthy Newton, definitely worth that. Uh, clearly, he wasn't anywhere near 100% over the past month, and he's on a short practice schedule. He's been on a pitch count this entire time. So, you know, it's been obvious his shoulder has been bothering him. You know, he keeps throwing the ball at the feet of his receivers, so maybe a new quarterback will give him a spark. Uh, I just don't think. I just think it's a very tough handicap for me, Brandon, and I. I just had this one circled as a game I'm going to stay away from, so I'm just going to root you in here on the Falcons. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if this was week seven and this line went from three and a half one way to the other, then I would say you know that's too big of an adjustment. But we're talking about a team that just had the life sucked out of them, so. I, I think it. I don't think they moved it enough, and uh, uh, I'm gonna ride it out, and uh, hopefully, you know, um, it, it pulls through here. But I, I really like the angle on this one, and I think you get a lot of these type of games in the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I leaned your way on this one. I just, uh, you know, was a stay away from me, and you know, three and a half's not too bad. Uh, it's not gonna take too much to cover that. I mean, I, I, right? I think Atlanta's winning key. this by double digits or. They're probably losing. So. Yeah, especially if Heineke hey. he's as bad as you would expect him to be. So, um, I'm gonna go with the Redskins plus ten at the Titans this week. I'm gonna that's on that's a Saturday game. I did use the Redskins as a premium pick last week. They delivered for me with their outright win at Jacksonville, seven and a half point dogs. I'm on them again this week for many of the same reason. Uh, this team was left for dead with Mark Sanchez as their quarterback, and they played terribly with Sanchez when he was forced into, into action and in back-to-back losses to the Cowboys and Giants. But Josh Johnson has given them a spark. I mean, he came in the second half against, on that Giants game. They outscored the Redskins 16 and nothing, and uh, Giants led Johnson led them to victory against the Jaguars last week. The stats are impressive. He's completing 66% of his passes, 8.4 yards per attempt in these two games. He's also given the Redskins a dual threat run uh, quarterback. Uh, he's rushed for 94 yards on 16 attempts, 5.9 per carry. Uh, I just think this guy's a lot better and he's getting credit for. Titans are getting a lot of love right now because they come in on a three-game winning streak, including back-to-back blowout wins. 
But this is just a Titans offense that's so bad I can't I can't trust it to lay double digits. They average just 19.1 points per game on the season. And if you're going to be laying double digits, I need you to be able to score. And the only offense um, they have produced uh, – the only offense they've really produced here has come with Derrick Henry on the ground. They have a total of 248 passing yards over the last two weeks. The Redskins did hold the Jaguars to 192 total yards last week. They still have a good defense. Um, it's a defense that's been even better on the road, holding opponents to 19.6 points per game. I just think the Redskins can hold Marcus Mariota and the Titans in check, and Johnson's going to make enough plays here to keep this a one-score game. Keep in mind the Redskins have just as much to play for as the Titans. Uh, both teams are fighting to stay alive in the wild card, uh, so give me the Redskins here. Yeah, this one, uh, it, it smells really bad to me. Um, I, the Tennessee is not a public team. And from what I see, the public is all over Washington here. Um, and that just, anytime the public is on a big dog, it just, it really makes me nervous. I, I don't trust Washington at all. I, I get that they have something to play for. And I, you know, I'm not surprised they beat Jacksonville just based on the Jaguars being a bit of a dumpster fire right now. Um, you know, the fact that they barely won against a Jaguars team that had 192 yards and could barely get first downs I, I, is very concerning for me. Um, I, I, Josh Johnson has been good, and he's definitely better than Mark Sanchez, but he's not great. And we're talking about a Tennessee defense that has been playing elite the last few weeks. They've given up a mere nine points in their last two games. Um you know, in their last two games, they've held Leonard Fournette to 36 yards on 14 attempts and Saquon Barkley to 31 yards on 14 attempts. You know, if they can shut down the run here and make Johnson, you know, throw a lot more than they he wants to, I, I think that's a recipe for disaster for the Redskins. And then there's not a hotter running back in the NFL right now than Derrick Henry. This this offense has been it's just different now that they've given him they're starting to give him the ball. Um and you know, I we we kind of we both mentioned how many yards Jacksonville had. Well, 172 of the yards that Jacksonville had last week against Washington were on the ground, and the Jags averaged 6.6 yards per carry. And that's what that's a they didn't have to respect the pass at all. I mean, Cody Kessler was nine of 17 for 57 yards, and he was sacked six times. So they, you know, knew the run was coming and they couldn't stop it in a game that they had to win against a team that didn't really want to be there. So I, I, do, I do think 10 points is all probably too much for me to lay, but uh, I would be very nervous here with Washington. Yep, by no means saying the Redskins going to win this game. It's the 10 points that's the key here for me, and uh, I just think it's going to be you know uh, anywhere from a 3- to 7-point game in favor of Tennessee. So if there's value, I'm going to take it. Um, just need the Redskins to, to hold them you know, to their season average in points. Uh, and I think we'll get there. Um, so hopefully they do, and uh, we cash a ticket there. Uh, let's give the listeners a couple of NFL teaser winners for Week 17. What's your favorite this week, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to do a three-team, ten-point teaser. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens from plus four and a half to plus fourteen and a half at the Chargers. I'm going to take the Eagles from minus two and a half up to plus seven and a half at home against the Texans. And the Chiefs from minus two and a half to plus seven and a half at Seattle. Um, you know, I think we're crossing key numbers on all these games, and I actually think all three of these teams are going to win outright. 
Yeah, this looks like a sure winner to me, Brandon, getting all those teams over a touchdown and the Ravens over two touchdowns. So, yeah, I, I got no arguments there. I'm going to go with a six-point teaser this week on the Cowboys minus one and the Colts minus three. Uh, we only give out six or ten-point teasers on the podcast, so this pick is graded with the six-point teaser line. Just wanted to let you know I personally did six and a half and got the Colts under three to, to two and a half in my pocket. Uh, but... Uh, Definitely don't think it matters. The Cowboys clinch the NFC East with a win at home over the Bucks, and the Colts stay alive in the playoffs. If they beat the Giants at home, both teams should be max motivated. Both basically just have to win to cover. Yeah, no argument on this one for me either. You know, a lot of the, you know, I know we I gave every reason to not take Dallas last week. There's every reason to take them this week because, they they bet they punted last week and they'll be ready to go on Sunday. Yeah, you would think so. Jameis Winston's probably got about three turnovers in him too. That should help. <laughs> that would definitely help. He has been taking better care of the ball, but yeah, you know, he, he's been that, playing that a little Dallas better. defense is gonna put him under duress quite often. No doubt. Uh, Brandon, let the listeners know how your premium picks are doing and uh, where they where they can find you. Yeah, I'm going to focus on NFL this week. Top five overall um, for the 2018 season, hitting 63% on all NFL picks this year. I've also got a 33-18, and 18, 65% run on my last 51 NFL top plays going back over the last couple of years. Uh, for the low price of $199.99, you can now get my NFL playoff package, and I'm going to throw in both week 16 and 17 um, that gets you every premium pick from today to the Super Bowl. So you can find that package and a lot more at www.sportscapping.com backslash brandon-lee.html. Man, you can't beat that price for 200 bucks. Get the rest of his NFL uh, picks the rest of the season through the Super Bowl. Uh, definitely we'll get some good bang for your buck there, guys. Uh, I'm the number four ranked overall handicapper at Sports Capping, uh, having one of the best years of my career, currently number one in basketball, number three in football this season. 806 and 602 all sports run the last 16 months has delivered $1,000 per game betters nearly 150,000. Uh, get a 365 day pass for 1500 bucks. Pay just over $4 per day. Bet along, alongside me over the next year in all sports. You can find me at sportscapping.com or betfirm.com. Hit me up on Twitter at betfirmsjack. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please feel free to leave a review. That's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. Uh, make sure to come back next week for Week 17 NFL and more bowl free picks for next weekend. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at SportsCapping.com. 